0: Welcome no, no, no. To- I was going to do Monday Night Football.
1: Can I do the intro to the podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. And
0: French this Vanilla episode, Slate is a new flavor. You guys got to try this. This episode is brought to
1: you by French Vanilla Slate.
0: 20 grams of protein, yep. zero grams of added sugar, vanilla. It's like chocolate milk, but vanilla.
1: So the first thing I want to say is, Nick, welcome back. It's been a minute since uh, I think you and I have recorded together. We've had a hectic few weekends. We had my bachelor party, which was a success in Massachusetts. I think we recorded right after that, maybe. Uh, Last weekend, well, the following weekend, I went away with my wife to the Hamptons. Fireside Nets was in the Hamptons. And then this past weekend, uh, Nick, myself, my wife, and my parents, we all went to Cooperstown for four days uh, because we had a wedding on Friday night. But me and Nick did a pub crawl. It was 10 different bars, 12 different beer tastings. Me, Nick, and our father, Kevin, completed that pub crawl. So, before O'ma we get gang. to the next shout news... out Oma
0: Gang Brewery in Cooperstown, New York. It's actually a really delicious brewery. I wouldn't call myself like a beer connoisseur, but some of these beers are absolutely delicious. There's a peanut butter stout I thoroughly enjoy. There's a couple IPAs that were great if you're into a more hoppy beer. But, uh, Oma Gang, Cooperstown, shout out.
1: Who doesn't love a good peanut butter snout? I mean, stout. God damn it. Um, Anyway, it really wasn't. I, I meant to say stout. I just said snout. Also, uh, why good. do you
0: keep saying the word "wife"? Like, are you trying to rub it into the listeners that you're married? You're like, "Me and my wife did this, then me and my wife took a dump." Like, we get it, bro. You got married. Like, I hope that's. That's going only up, something
1: that married people get. All right, because you're a little single, unmarried bitch. You're not going to understand that.
0: You know, I was eating breakfast with my wife the other day. It's not what I
1: sound like. Um. All right. Let's let's get to some Nets news. Uh. We will start with these new look Nets unis that came out. Uh. This past. 24 hours or so they are black. Can you, can you see it?
0: I have your text. I, I'm going to open up on, you have on my your text? text.
1: Yeah. Um, I think they're pretty fresh. I would give it like, I don't know, a 6.2 out of 10. Uh, there's just something about like black and white. I don't know. It, it doesn't pop to me. I do like the white uh, ABA, like white red jerseys a lot. Um, I know they're also going to be wearing those, but what do you think of these new look? They're called make a statement uniforms.
0: Bretts, the Bretts, the Book of Nets unveil NBA statement uniform. I'm looking at now. Uh, honestly, not impressed. Uh, it looks What's your 25. rating on a 10? Five. Listen, this is a run-of-the-mill jersey. It looks like something you can get for like 10 bucks at a thrift store. I, the Nets, since they've been in New Jersey, have really fell off branding-wise. I mean, when you're the New Jersey Nets, you got USA colors, you red, white, and blue. You can mess around, get some funky alternatives. With black and white, it's pretty hard and gray to get fun and funky with it unless you're doing a throwback uniform to the New Jersey Nets, which they do occasionally. So branding took a dive from Jersey to Brooklyn. I, you know, it's all I'll say on that, but not impressed with these jerseys. Cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It looks like uh, your typical run of the Patty Mills jersey. Um, come on, that was that was a pretty good one.
0: That was pretty good. That was pretty good.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. They were, they was, were okay. I, I
0: mean, listen, they're kind of like your average Joe Johnson jerseys.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe Johnson, one, is the, one of the top five nets in the past, I would say, 20 years.
0: That is what? That what? Since 2002, you're saying Name Joe Johnson, Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant.
1: I don't know if – I don't know if – uh, Richard, Jefferson. on, Richard Jefferson's better than Joe Johnson. I don't. Richard agree Jefferson with that. in
0: his prime. He's not better.
1: Joe Johnson was an all star. Richard Jefferson never made an all star team. I, I, if I, I, he Richard did, Johnson. it was. I think Joe Johnson could be five on that list. Okay, but okay, I, I do.
0: Joe Johnson was on his prime in the Hawks. He was not an all star as a net. He was the best player on those okay, next teams. All one one as in that. Darren Williams,
1: Kevin Garnett. He was our best scorer. He was ISO Joe. Nets fans, please back me up. Tell my brother that Joe Johnson might have me If he's you not can tell the,
0: me if he's the sixth best net in the last 20 years. You could tell me Joe Johnson had a more illustrious career than Richard Jefferson's, a seven-time All-Star. Jefferson had a better career with the Nets specifically. Joe went to the Nets on the tail end of his career. He's now in the three-on-three league. He had one solid year in 2014 with the Nets.
1: Listen, You're there stupid. was
0: – You're a stupid <laughs> idiot.
1: There was a famous uh, Brooklyn Nets fan couple – that was seen wearing these jerseys, and that's Mr. and Mrs. Whammy. Uh, For those who don't go to a lot of Nets games, Mr. and Mrs. Whammy are are a famous couple. They've been rooting for the Nets for a long time. Mr. Whammy is famous for shaking his hands right behind the the basket when the opponent's shooting free throws to distract the opponent. LeBron James once got so mad, he asked for uh, security to escort Mr. Whammy out. Oh, by the way, Mr. Whammy is plus... 75 years old i would think yeah it's over 80 honestly uh so shout out to at uk nets i gotta give them credit for posting the mr whammy tweet uh with with them with the new look jerseys such a cool tweet that josai responded um to uk nets tweet and i think he said something along the lines of we're gonna we're gonna find out what josai said because i by the way josai is the owner of the nets for those who don't know you think everyone who listens to this podcast knows that No. Okay, here we go. I'm not pulling. Uh, Here we go. He wrote true statement. I don't want to paraphrase. He wrote true statement because UK Nets wrote, Mr. and Mrs. Whammy are national treasures. Uh, Shout out to both of them. Uh, And then finally, what was his last tweet? I I have this on the docket. The last tweet was the uniform of Brooklyn Knights and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets, make a statement. There you go. See that?
0: Yeah, I see it. All right. Also, since you're using a green screen, when you put things too close to the camera, I can't see them. They get melted into the background. God. Okay.
1: All right. Um, so, interesting news came out uh, in regards to what could have been. So, obviously, when trade talks were surrounding Kevin Durant during this summer, a lot of teams' names were floated out there. One that was interesting was the Golden State Warriors. Now, you know, the Warriors are coming off a championship. Steph Curry is coming off an MVP finals, one of the best playoff runs we've ever seen individually from Steph Curry in his career. Um, so there was a lot of speculation. How much would the Warriors want to give up to get Durant? If you give up your whole core to get him, I, I mean, you have a pretty young core and guys like Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, etc. Just It didn't make sense logistically. So Steph, Steph Curry was recently interviewed, and he basically said that he would have – welcome to KD return to Golden State. He loved playing with Kevin Durant. Um, they were pretty good friends when, when they when they played together in Golden State. And uh, I just thought that was really interesting. And, and, you know, Steph Curry is just the poster child of how to do it when you're a superstar talent, you know, one of the best athletes in the world. He just always seems to say the right things. What did, what did you make of his statement uh, about – Cor- Yeah, he always KD. says the right
0: things. That's planned. That's calculated. He's not trying to make controversial statements. Now, I love Steph Curry as much as the next basketball fan. He's a good dude. He's a great player. It's fun to root for a small guy from Davidson uh, who ends up being one of the best players in the world, arguably the best shooter of all time. What is he supposed to say? They just won the championship. He's on top of the world. He's on the, the best team in basketball is the team that won the most recent championship, the Golden State Warriors. They are the champions. He's basically saying right now, yeah, sure, I would welcome Durant back. We didn't need him, but that would have been fun. I like playing with Durant. Cool. I don't give a shit about anything. We won. If he had lost the championship, if he had lost in the playoffs in the second or third round, I don't think he'd be saying, oh, it would have been nice to have Kevin Durant. He would have been saying, we should have been better. We, we could have done more than that. We messed up. We're a championship contending team. He's in a position where he could say and do exactly what everyone wants him to say and do because he's a champion, he's a winner, and he's got nothing to say other than you know, sure, whatever. A cool. Would have, playing with Durant would have been fun. Great. All right. And I, yeah, and I, and I want to, yep. for the record, Aisha's a great cook.
1: Yeah. No, Aisha can definitely cook. Uh, Aisha cooking with the pot. Um, all right. Stephen A. Smith was uh, on first take. And basically, he said that he has Kyrie Irving as a top MVP candidate this upcoming season. What are your thoughts on this,
0: Nick? I love, I love that. I mean, Stephen A is, is calling it how it is. I uh, Kyrie. I mean, he said some crazy shit, but he's still one of the most talented players in the league. And, you know, if he gets a shit together and he's not just like spraying sage and wanting like days off, I think, yeah, I'm, I could see that happening. It's a little bold for me. I probably wouldn't put him in my top 10, but I definitely put him in my top 15 to 20.
1: The actual quote is I got Kyrie Irving as one of my top league MVP candidates. Everybody better brace themselves. This brother is going to put on a show via first take. Um, I definitely think Kyrie has a lot to prove. I mean, he had a a rough playoffs after uh, not really playing, you know, a lot of games in the regular season. Uh, He was disappointing down the stretch. But we've seen when he's on, like, against Orlando, what that guy is capable of doing. And if you let him play a whole season, get him acclimated with Ben Simmons who can just feed him the ball – uh, obviously, him and Kevin Durant, when when those guys play together, good things seem to happen. I definitely think MVP is possible. Now, what has to happen for him to get the MVP? He has to be the better player between him and Durant, which is sort of unlikely in my book, especially if both those guys are able to stay healthy. If one of them gets injured, I mean, different story, but knock on wood, hope that doesn't happen for a third straight season. Um, also, the Nets would have to be in first place. If the Nets are in third, fourth place, I don't care if Kyrie Irving is killing dudes. He's not getting the MVP. So you'd need a combination of the Nets being in first, Kyrie being the best player on the team, and uh, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited to watch him play. Uh, And that brings me to our actual, you know, this team that's coming into training camp in a few weeks. Um, Some interesting signings. When you were gone, I talked about Markeith Morris. Uh, It's not a guaranteed deal. He still has to make the roster, essentially. I talked about U2 Watanabe. Um, same kind of deal as as Marquise Morris. I think it's definitely not guaranteed. He's, he's got to earn his spot on the roster. Uh, you bring back a guy like Joe Harris, one of the best three point shooters in the league did not play last year. He's going to be, the the report is 100% healthy for training camp. Patty Mills is coming back. You have the addition of Ben Simmons. Now Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton, you just paid a good amount of money to, um, you know, I can go on and on. Royce O'Neal, Kessler Edwards, Cam Thomas returning for a second season. Uh, Seth Curry, very excited to watch. Uh, you know how he fits in, in this Brooklyn Nets offense. How confident are you as a Nets fan going into next season?
0: I really like Markeith Morris. What, what, my my understanding, right? He's battled some injuries over the past couple of years. Why is he not being talked about more as a potential contributor to this team? Because when he's healthy, he's shooting like 45 to 48 percent and averaging, you know, a pretty solid eight to 10 points a game on a good team. So why is there hesitation to have him on the team?
1: You remember how he did for the
0: Miami Heat last year? Uh, Based on the stats, it looked like he did fine. No, he he started the year okay, I believe. Well, the stat, what are the
1: stats? I, I have them up. He averaged 7.6 points a game last year and 2.6 rebounds. He got hurt in that scuffle with Jokic last he shoot, he year. He was Jokic shooting
0: 47. No, I remember that he was shooting 47%. That's a fish. He was,
1: he was not playing down the stretch. He was basically out of the rotation. Come so you're us. saying
0: injury-wise that's what the concern is. But you're not that's saying what, yeah. play. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. with you. That's fair. Listen, I, I think if a couple of these guys we picked up, Royce O'Neal, could step into their own as role players. If we stay healthy, if our shooters stay healthy, especially the Joe Harris's, the Seth Curry's, we're in a good position. Listen, if Stephen A. Smith's calling the shots and Kyrie is playing at MVP contention level, we still have Kevin Durant. You know, we have a still developing Claxton. We got a lot of pieces. My only concern is them coming together. And last year, those pieces did not come together. The injuries killed us, the chemistry was off. And there's always going to be slight administrative and coaching concerns, right, with Sean Marks and Steve Nash. I know they squashed the bug for now, but it's really weird and awkward, and there's definitely some tension between the three of them. I'm talking about Durant, of course. So a lot of pieces really need to come together for this team to thrive, but the pieces are there. So are they going to fall into place right now? I'll give it a 50-50 shot just based on you know history at this point.
1: Totally understand that breakdown. Um, I just want to point out that this bat that I'm holding in my hand, this mini bat I got from Cooperstown, New York, uh, another plug for Cooperstown. Also, I just wanted to do a quick PSA uh, for the environment. And by the way, I got this bat when I was 10. I didn't get it like this last week I got it uh, 19 years ago. The PSA is lantern bugs. Okay. They're eating the vegetation. They're ruining our environment. Kill If you see a lantern bug. Dude, I've killed like five in
0: the past week. Bro, they're taking over. Yeah, I've been a fucking murderer, bro.
1: They're coming in hot, so we got to beat the crap out of these lantern bugs if you see it. Um, All right, and the one guy that neither of us mentioned that I'm super excited to see for the Brooklyn Nets, bro, remember what T.J. Warren did in the bubble? Remember he he was killing it? Dude, he can fucking ball out the gym. So I'm excited to watch that man uh, play some hoop. Um, The one guy I'm low-key, like, I understand he, there was no way he could come back. I'm going to miss Blake Griffin, man. I I don't know why Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, the algorithm has been doing it to me lately. But I've been getting blasted with Blake Griffin highlights from the Clippers, from the Pistons. And, yes, a few highlights from the Nets. I thought Blake Griffin overall, from positive to negative, I thought he was a positive for the Brooklyn Nets in his two-year tenure. So, uh I mean, he
0: came in in that last playoff game and he freaking hit like two threes. He was diving on the floor. He was falling on the floor. He had a third three rim out against the Celtics before we got swept. So I got nothing but love for Blake Griffin. But, dude, you can't deny that his bones were pretty brittle towards the end of that.
1: He did have brittle bones. Um, All right. Next up, I just wanted to know where you rank the Brooklyn Nets in the East right now.
0: I mean, they still got to be top five. I, Where? I, oh, the
1: top five is very lazy.
0: I'm going to put the Bucks above them. Uh, I'm not going to put the Sixers or the Heat above them. And celtics? Gonna, I hate the Celtics, but based on the past, I can't help but probably put the Celtics too. So I guess for yep. me right now, i go Bucks, celtics And then, honestly, Nets, three then, I'd say, because I'm not going to put the Sixers before them. I'm not going to put the Heat before them. I think the Heat are falling apart. I think Harden's going to drive the Sixers into the ground. Um, And then, really, who else do we have? I I wouldn't say Hawks. I like the Hawks, but they're still kind of a young, developing team. Chicago. Nah, Chicago, to me, is still on the outs as well. I think they had one shot with Levine and DeRozan in there. They're weird. Yo,
1: you're missing missing it. So, uh, you want to hear my eight? I wrote this down on uh, September 7th. Top eight teams in Eastern Conference ranked one Milwaukee, two Boston, three Brooklyn, four Philly. I don't know why you think they're going to not be as good this year. They actually got better. They got a good amount of pieces. Um, Five Miami, six Cleveland.
0: Oh, I do like Cleveland. That's a good call. Yeah, I like six. I would even put them above Miami. Uh,
1: Yeah, they're close for me above Miami because Miami didn't do much this offseason. Seven Chicago, eight Charlotte. I guess I'd have Atlanta. you
0: Charlotte over Atlanta? I like Charlotte a lot. I, I want Charlotte to be good, but they always seem to fall apart. But oh, I like that. Sure, yeah. Cleveland was when I forgot with Mitchell it, it, and those Charlotte also
1: depends if Miles um, My, Bridges, like, what happens with him. Because,
0: right. I don't know, right. nothing's
1: coming with that offseason stuff. All right, yet. but we both agree uh,
0: Nets are three. Yeah, and I mean the three could right could make an argument to put Sixers and Heat close to them, but I, I like that. Celtics, so you can't really argue with. And I think we all agree if the Bucks are healthy, they're still the best team in the
1: we, we got swept by Boston. And yeah, we added some pieces. Yeah, we have Ben Simmons and Joe Harris now, but they, they got swept bucked, the though.
0: Gallinari was their pickup who's out for the season.
1: I know. And I saw Carmelo was linked to Boston, but I just, that doesn't make sense. And I don't think it's going to happen anymore. Um, all right, sticking with this Brooklyn Nets team, what do we think the starting five is going to look like? Nick, do you want to start? feel like we've done this before but i I think it changes for me weekly
0: and we're assuming everyone's healthy we're assuming curry harris everyone's back yeah for sure i mean you're definitely going Kyrie, durant and claxton those are just kind of like the three you need to have because we're getting rid of every big man for claxton i think you keep seth curry i love joe harris but i think seth curry is just a more efficient shooter especially come playoff time um and then i guess if we're going a two where we have a little small with Kyrie and Steph KD could play the three, four. I I'd almost honestly go TJ Warren, uh, at that stretch three to four as well. Alongside Durant. he could rebound, he could score. I think Royce O'Neill, and you're looking at a small lineup. I think Joe Harris, you're looking at a small lineup and two kind of the same player with Seth Curry. So that's where I'm going.
1: Okay. Um, obviously I agree with Kyrie KD and Claxton, uh, I would rather Seth Curry. I think they're going to go Joe Johnson. They're not not going to start Joe John Harris. Johnson. Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Right. You got me talking Joe Johnson because you don't think he was good when he played for the Nets. Um, yes, you're right. Joe Harris. Uh, I got him in there at, say, call it the shooting guard if Kyrie's going to be the one. You forgot about Ben Simmons.
0: I'm assuming he's not playing until I see him's on the court. He's he's going to play. No, I so, assume he's going to have some sort of mental issues.
1: I got Ben Simmons, and the cool thing about that is, you know, you don't really know a position like he's going to play. Like he can be your point guard, he can be your power forward, he can be your your small forward. He can't be your shooting guard. Let's be real, but he can be every other position.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess and I'd then put him in over T.J. Warren if he's healthy and ready to play. And then my fifth would be Royce O'Neill. I think uh, you need that
1: defensive presence. O'Neill Royce O'Neal is going to take a little bit of pressure off KD defensively because I think something that
0: wait, so you're not, you're saying Royce O'Neill, not Ben Simmons? No, I'm
1: saying Kyrie, KD, Royce. Oh, I guess you said not six.
0: Being, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> oh man, so I'd have to go. I'd have to go Joe Harris over Royce O'Neill. That's and then Royce so would be going, the first guy
0: off the bench. So you're replacing. Harris. Well, I'm I'm saying Curry, you're saying Harris. I'll put Simmons in if he's healthy yeah. instead of yeah. Warren. So we're agreeing on that.
1: Yeah, you have to start Simmons and then the guys off the bench. The first guys off the bench would be Seth Curry. Um
0: I don't know. Simmons might be new. like last minute, like my wiener hurts and he won't go in.
1: Stop, bro. He's on our team now. Stop with that blasphemy, all right?
0: You gotta criticize. You gotta criticize until they fucking hypnotize. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, man. No, we gotta lift our guys, bro. We can't put him down. This isn't 2013 or 2014, with Joe Johnson when he was the leader on this team, bro. Enough. So this
0: isn't church.
1: Who do you think the first guy off the bench is? By the way, if we had to pick a sixth man uh, to be the sixth man candidate, who would it be?
0: I mean, I'm saying I guess Seth Curry, right? I'm saying I, I'm saying Harris. If you're saying Curry, okay. And then I mean T.J. Warren. I, I think T.J. Warren—that's not a bad thing—is still kind of a, a better, more athletic, younger Markeith Morris. So Marquise Morris kind of falls to the bottom of the pecking order to me. And I like TJ Warren, given an opportunity to be kind of like the Karis Levert for us over the past couple of years.
1: I like that. I like that TJ Warren pick. Where do you think Cam Thomas falls in all this? Cause like now with TJ Warren, it's another guy who can score ah, the ball. So, you still so, have Patty Mills.
0: I mean, to me, Cam Thomas is still underdeveloped. I'm going maybe the eighth guy. If we're going to say Curry, Warren, then maybe Cam. To me, Cam is a, is it has X factor is a great scorer really to me needs to distribute better needs to d up better needs to do a lot of the intangibles better needs to be a smarter player sometimes he still takes pretty dumb shots even though weirdly a lot of the time they go in but cam thomas like claxton still needs to come a long way before i'm really like putting him as a as a pillar in this organization
1: okay i think that's fair uh i call this next segment around the nba robert sarver owner of the phoenix suns Has been suspended for a year based on a league investigation and fined $10 million for conduct detrimental in the workplace. He has to now complete a training program focused on respect and appropriate workplace conduct. Nick, would you like to know why? Sure. You know, this isn't just a video podcast, it's also an audio podcast. So when you give me some type of gesture, The people listening to the audio podcast. That's why I said sure. I gestured,
0: then I said sure. It took you a while, by the way. I
1: got there. And it's sure. It's not sure, okay? We're not going to the Jersey Shore. We're not going to Point Pleasant.
0: Bro, you've never said a word correctly in your life. You said (laughs) peanut butter snout before. Listen, I know
1: you're tired from
0: auditioning, okay? Didn't dad, it was a rehearsal. Didn't dad call you out like you've been saying one word wrong on the podcast for like months? Yeah, I think it was... Especially? Egg specially All right. Sorry. Yeah. We don't have to anyway, risk your entire life. What were you saying? So here's, by
1: the way, this is like a serious matter. The fact that this freaking dude uh, still is able to own an NBA team. um The NBA says that Seaver, I'm sorry, not Seaver, Robert Sarver. You're in my head right now. Robert Sarver. Seaver's
0: name out your mouth.
1: use the N word at least five times while recounting statesma- statements from others. He made sex related, inappropriate comments about physical appearances of females, inappropriate physical contact towards men and engaged in harsh treatments. Would you like specific, specific examples? I, I know you want to give them to me. So sure. I do. Uh, he talked about a sexual act and condoms at an all employee meeting. He told a blowjob story in a business meeting. He told a female employee, you've never seen anything this big while preparing to take a shower at the team facility. I said the N-word thing. He he told a story on five different occasions recounting someone's statements. Even though I think after the first or second time, people said you don't have to repeat that even if they said it. Um, Reports came out. So before we get to that, I mean, what are your thoughts on all, all, all that?
0: I mean what do you expect my thoughts to be? It's pretty disturbing and wrong and disgusting and he shouldn't be able to own an NBA team but we live in a world where the rich control whatever they want to control and they don't lose their stake. So I mean what the entire what is it the owners committee what what, what is it has to all vote to like get him out, right? So unless there's like a unanimous I'm not vote. even
1: going to pretend like I know how that works. But I'll tell but you this. what sh- happened
0: to Sterling, right? I think everyone yeah, in the league was like, get the fuck out of here. They
1: right. voted him out, but I think he sold the team and still made like a billion and a half dollars.
0: Like they forced, yes. It's a. You, so you force, it, they can't it, take it, the it, team from you if you right. own it.
1: But isn't that the fucked up thing? Is no matter how racist and misogynistic and homophobic and just douchey and just a an horrible human being this guy is, A, he's only been suspended one year and fined $10 million, which to me and you I think is like hundred million. And B, if he were to get booted as the owner of the Suns, still be like a billion dollars richer. I just find it's such a fucked up concept that no matter what, unless this guy like brutally murders or, or does something worse, like he's going to get a slap on the wrist.
0: I'm with you. Yeah,
1: what's wrong. So, um, Do you think that he was, you know, sympathetic or empathetic at all?
0: I doubt it. The
1: answer is no. Reports came out that even though Sarver cooperated fully with the investigation, he was still unaccepting of the idea of being punished for a year and fined $10 million. So we're going to get a little, you know, uh, just lighthearted with this. You ever watch The Office? No. You So you know who David Kochner is? No. He's Champ Kind in Anchorman.
0: Oh, yeah. I like him.
1: So, there's a character in The Office uh, that David Kochner plays. His name's Todd Packer. And he is basically your depiction of a politically incorrect employee. Like every horrible homophobic joke, every racist joke, misogynistic, he makes. And like he's such a, an, a jerk of a character. But like Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, finds, finds him funny. Because you know Steve Carell is this like wanna be cool guy, so he thinks the fact that David Cochner's character, even though he's such a gigantic jerk and he makes these gross jokes, that's the whole that's the whole joke. Anyway, Roger, Robert Sarver seems like a real life version of uh, Todd Packer.
0: Okay, thank you. I hope Office and everyone are... who watches The Office okay. will get that. Great, 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 great.
1: Also, my final thought on this: I couldn't be more happy that Luca. Freaking destroyed them in the playoffs this past year. Uh, and they haven't won a championship under this asshole. That's like the only silver lining in all this.
0: I like Monty Williams, though, in the team. So,
1: yeah, well, my, Monty's Monty seems like a nice good, nice good team. Well, so I don't want the coach. team
0: to suffer because the owner's an asshole. Like Booker right. deserves that. Oh, I kind of do. Uh. It's
1: just because it's the owner's team. Like I said,
0: they're not not fans of the owner. You get drafted by the team, you play for the team. It's a business. They have control over who owns their team. At the end of the day, we're rooting for the team and the coach and the people behind it.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm always right. That's not true. I want to give a congratulations to Megan Triplett. She She is going to be, I don't think so. She's going to be working for Yes. uh, And she recently became the Nets' newest sideline reporter. Megan comes from the Memphis Grizzlies family. So congrats to Megan and her family. We uh, tweeted uh, congratulations to Megan from the Fireside Nets Twitter account. And guess what? She liked it. And she said, thank you very much. I'm sorry. how do I even paraphrase that? She just said, thank you, which I I thought was really nice of her to to respond. And she even put in exclamation marks. It was like, thank you. Seems like, yes, seems like she's excited uh, to, to be with the Brooklyn Nets and You know, we're excited excited
0: to have you. you.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So this next segment is called answering fans' questions. This will be the last uh, segment of the pod. Um, So let's give it a look. Our first question comes from Brooklyn Tweety at Badass Yellowbird on Twitter. I still think we need a locker room guru vet. Okay locker room guru vet so on great. this roster. Patty is the closest thing we have. Is Markeith that guy? Question mark. If not, is there any older head vet type out there with enough respect that KD and Kai could let lead? Do you agree we need a locker room whisperer backslash Jeff Green type?
0: I'm going to actually disagree. I think if you asked me this a year or two ago, I would have said I like that move. I like getting a veteran presence in the locker room. Lamarcus Aldridge didn't work out. Obviously, that's, you know, he had some heart issues. He had a lot of things going on, but ended up falling off. Blake Griffin, a really washed up Blake Griffin, did nothing but get angry that he didn't get enough playing time. I mean, he was a hype man. He came off the bench. He did his best, but that didn't really give us the presence we needed. Uh, I think what James Johnson at one point just did really nothing for us. And I mean, it's the Udonis Haslam argument of like, what is he really doing for the organization? Besides just having some sort of experience and wisdom he can instill into the younger generation, I don't think that's necessary right now for us. Listen, if we're able to find a Jeff Green, Jeff Green's different because Jeff Green's a veteran presence. But he's also a great player who hit some great shots for us a couple years ago in the playoffs, contributed big time to a playoff run. So you're telling me Jeff Green, yes, he's a veteran presence. He's also just a guy who you you want in the rotation. So to me, I want guys we want in the rotation. I want guys who are going to contribute to a winning team. I don't care at this point if they're 29, 39, or 19, as long as they do their role and they help the Nets win. I don't think that's necessary, although I like the sentiment. So I agree with you. I think the old head
1: Udonis Haslam type of situation, it works a lot better when the guy's been with the organization for a long time. Like you don't just bring in – like when the Cavs brought in Kendrick Perkins late in his career, he did nothing. And, like, I don't think his teammates really respected him because at that point he was past his prime. Uh, a guy like Udonis Haslam has been on Miami since, what, like 2004, 2005? Like, it's insane that he's been on that team his entire career. So I think it's just a much different situation. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, a Jeff Green type of player is not out there, and I don't think that this team needs a Jeff Green type of leader Like we said, there's a lot of guys that can come off the bench and and give you sparks. I think Cam Thomas can be, for us, what Jordan Poole was last year for Golden State. I think that T.J. Warren can sort of be our version of Andrew Wiggins. There's just a lot of guys on this team, these new faces, that they might not be like vocal leaders, but they can lead with their play. Now, the one thing I'll say about Markeith Morris is, if you were to ask me at any point in the last five years – Who would I rather on my team, James Johnson or Markeith Morris, we're going to pick Markeith Morris six times out of the week and twice on Sunday. It's just the way it's happening. So, yes, to the question, uh, is Markeith Morris that guy? He's more of that guy than James Johnson, but I don't think you're going to see Sean Marks make any crazy moves. Um, If anything, we should probably get one more big man or a backup point guard. Uh, and I would honestly prefer a big man.
0: I'm with you. I agree. Okay.
1: Um, I believe. Oh, this last question comes from uh, at Nets History. They just wrote new Nets book, a history of the Nets from TNET to Brooklyn. hashtag Nets World hashtag Nets. I'm not really sure what they're asking there. Um, if the question is, are me and Nick writing a new Nets book about the history of the Nets? The answer is no.
0: We should though. I'm in.
1: Nah, I mean, it seems like someone else is going to do that, and also it seems like a lot of work writing. That is your
0: mentality. That's your mentality. Someone else will do it. Why do anything if someone else will do it? Why don't you get off your ass and do something?
1: Yeah, you know, maybe, but you know, I'm kind of tired, and uh, you know, my wife and I, we have a lot of things to do over these next few days. This
0: guy and his wife. (laughs)
1: Uh, By the way, final thing I want to bring up. This wasn't a question, but someone talked about a backup point guard being needed in Brooklyn, and someone brought up Dennis Schroeder. Um, I don't think that him and Kyrie Irvin really like each other. So I don't think that Dennis Schroeder makes sense, even as backup point guard on this Nets team at all.
0: Yeah, I also, Schroeder, I kind of find like an idiot, so I'm fine with that. What? Schroeder's an idiot. He turned down like an insane offer with the Lakers take like 5 million from the Celtics. It was like the worst financial decision I've ever seen in my life.
1: Um, Would you, the other name that's popped up possibly as a, as a Brooklyn Nets addition is Eric Bledsoe. Would you like that addition?
0: I don't mind Eric Bledsoe. He's a little bit of a volume shooter to me at times, but he's okay.
1: I saw this wild thread today. And it, it like speaking of players like Eric Bledsoe, we're basically scoring undersized combo guards. The NBA kind of does it like a, a thing on writing off a lot of these types of players. So they had a thread of guys. I'm talking like Marcus Thornton. Remember Marcus Thornton? He actually played on the Brooklyn Nets for a season, I think. Yeah. Um, guys like Monte Ellis, Deion Waiters. These guys had moments in the NBA where, where they scored 30 plus, 40 plus, what have you. And then, like a few years later, they were just out of the league. Or they were like bouncing around and getting it.
0: Monte Ellis had some good years. DeAndre Waiters got hurt and didn't come back. It's Deion
1: Waiters. I don't know who DeAndre Waiters. Um, (laughs) If you're going to give me shit for my blunders, I am going to come right back at you. I mean, dude,
0: Monte Ellis averaged 17 points, 20 points, 19, 26, 24, 22, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19, 19. I mean, the dude from 06 to 16 averaged over 14 points a game. So I wouldn't really say he fell off at any point, but I get this. I get what you're saying.
1: All right, that just about does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick. Brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I do want to give one more shout out. Uh, You know, it's it's been pretty hot in my apartment, and uh, our AC has been a little bit on the fritz. Underrated are cold showers. I took a cold shower before this episode. I feel rejuvenated. I feel great. Taking a cold shower can really be a great way to end your day, a great way to to pregame before a podcast, or a great way to start your day. So
0: this episode has been
1: brought to you by Cold Showers.
0: Which is not a brand. I guess it's just a thing. But uh, cool. All
1: right. You want to give the sign off, buddy? I'll catch you on the fireside.